On this episode of Documento, I'm speaking with Ingrid Pauline, weightlifting nutrition coach, CSCS. Yeah. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I was really honored that you asked me to be a part of this. Oh, absolutely. I'm very excited for this interview. Let's talk about nutrition. What do you think listeners should know about these days? Uh, I listeners should know truly how to get the most nutrition from the foods that they eat. So that means like cooking from meat on the bone, being able to use fermented foods and just being able to like through one vehicle, especially when we talk about cooking with meat, you can make a whole host of other different dishes. So I think that is truly the most important part. Let's dig deep on meat on the bone. What does that? What do you mean by that? And what can listeners do today to start cooking with that kind of stuff? Yeah. So um, eating meat on the bone, like we've always had, uh, like when you think of truly special meals, you think of it's usually the meals where are actually serving meat on the bone, like ham hocks and Thanksgiving dinner, or Thanksgiving dinner and Christmas dinner. Um, the reason why that's so special is because like not only is it rare these days but it's also it's so nutritionally valued like so nutritionally valuable it's got um like the light meat and the dark meat but also like the bone and the bone marrow and when we cook with meat on the bone and we have stuff like we're using the collagen we're using the stuff in the joints we're using there's all these tendons and stuff especially if you make bone broth from that um that stuff that bone those all the collagen, all the testins, all the glucosamine from the meat on the bone actually goes into our bodies. And as we talk about longevity these days, like being able to lift weights until you're 120, 150, 170, 200 years old, like this is our goal. This is where we're going towards. And people are seriously talking about this in the health and fitness community. And if that's the case, then we need to radically, like we need to change our approach to cooking and what we think is good and edible and how we use our meats especially because the glucosamine the protein like the iron the vitamin a and c and all these things are going to come from things like organ meat things from eating bone marrow stuff like bone broth cooking with meat on the bone it's just such an important nutrition piece that people are just missing they're just eating lean chicken breasts and turkey and like meanwhile they still have joint pain even though they don't have inflammation but it's because like you're not really giving all those like cartilage and versa and all these like complex joints with all these very these varying kinds of bodily tissue if you think about like a knee joint there's like you know skin and muscle and tendons cartilage synovial fluid like all this stuff that comes in one place we need to give that this specific nutrition that it needs in order to function correctly so i think for especially if you're if you move your body, you need to, this is what you need to know about like cooking, eating, nutrition and stuff. Okay. So I think our usual approach was to cook something up like a chicken or a steak on the bone and, and to discard everything else. But are you saying that we need to reuse those bones and make some kind of broth out of it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, in the book, Deep Nutrition, where I got most of my, this is like what kicked off my like deep, like passion now and curiosity for cooking on the bone we absolutely need to use the bones like when you cook ribs like keep the ribs keep the bones because you can use that for a really powerful bone broth later because there's bone marrow in every single bone i mean if the bone gets a little bit too thin there's not much marrow but um there's still that marrow is like that is the that's where red blood cells are made and that means that that is like an incredible source of nutrition in life um so we need to use that and so like when you have 
and it's like the gift that keeps giving. Like there's this book and there's a story in deep nutrition where they talk about passing of the bone. These poor um, villages in England, when they would, there would be a large kill. There's a large like cow femur or moose femur or something like that. Right. And they would just share this bone between like four or five different families and they would just boil it and make bone broth. And then they'd pass the same bone on to the next house and they would boil it again and make more bone broth like you can actually especially with a large bone like there are a lot of hunters out there and they're discarding the innards they're discarding the liver they're discarding the bones and i i realize that it's like a pain in the butt to have to pack out that stuff you know like that's like not an easy task whatsoever but like invite an extra friend and get that nutritionist stuff the innards the liver the um and the bones especially uh just because like these items pay dividends to your health and nutrition and also to like how satisfying and delicious a meal is it's so interesting how today we have this information behind uh, the food like more nutritional um, data out there but back then as you said these guys that were making these broths with a giant femur little did they know that it was a nutritional powerhouse you know now now we have that proof we can do the right but like Think about 1,000, 2,000 years ago when they had all these, you know, advancements in, in the way they lived their lives, nutritionally, but physically, whatever, that they were able to do these things back then with no data. I mean, it's it's pretty yeah. crazy thought. And now we have more precise knowledge on the benefits of eating these types of foods and doing these types of exercises. Yeah, it's, it is really wild. It's like um, science makes us dumber before it makes it smarter again. Like a lot of this stuff, um, when you read about like nutrition, weight, like even in weightlifting, like I just read Eugene Sandow's book on obtaining strength. Like this guy was a weightlifter. He was alive through the transition into the 20th century. So he was like, like he was literally like the world's first like strongman bodybuilder that was out on display and had a beautiful physique. Like the things that he said about weightlifting and how to gain size and strength and like how to like rehab injuries they're still true today and now we like now we just have science to prove it it's like it's like he said something we deviated from it for like many many years because like in the 60s in the 70s it was a there was this uh kind of like dystopian slogan that they used and it was um life through chemistry i think it was something like that I remember my boyfriend's mom told me about it. It was super creepy. I mean, I think it's creepy now, but that's because I'm like, I'm a hippie. And I'm like, no, (laughs) but like (laughs) back in the day when they were like making all of these, they were like having invention after invention to cure this, to cure that, to solve these things. Oh, we made something for this. It was life through chemistry. And it was like space age. That's why space age through the mid-century was like so impressive is because we're thinking about the future and we have chemistry and we have labs, modern medicine. And it was like all that stuff was sort of disregarded for all these other sort of more flashy, flamboyant or modern techniques. And now we're like discovering that what we've been doing for the past 50 years was total BS. And like we need to go back to a more original, more earthy, more natural way of being. So yeah, and it's, yeah, to get back to your point, it is super ridiculous that it's like they were doing all this stuff back in the day. But you know what I was thinking was that, uh, do you know haggis? Have you ever heard of haggis? No, okay, ha- ha- it's disgusting is what it is. I don't actually think it's really much. Okay, um, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> okay, okay, get ready to like, yeah, you're, I'm gonna like a trick of vomit reflex. Warning, listeners. 
Yeah, haggis is if I'm if I'm remembering it correctly, it is like a sheep's stomach and it's like packed full of innards from like the sheep and the goat. It's just like basically the cast offs of like a slaughtered goat. I, I, I oh, this is graphic. I got to put like explicit on this episode. I know. I was like, I hope you're, I, I hope you're not a vegetarian. Anyway, um, no. So it is, it is, it's like a a sheep's stomach or goat stomach stuffed with innards, and it's boiled and cooked and served. And what this is, is um, it's peasants' food for. It's like a, it's a, it's from Scotland, I believe. It's up in the, it's up in the UK. It's a uh, like Scotland, Ireland, English. Like it's a, but it's truly like it's peasant food, and like. And it's because, like, the innards, although they were the most nutritious, probably weren't weren't the most tasty. Like, the most tasty and clean tasting stuff is, like, of course, like, the big fat muscle bellies, but that doesn't have a lot of nutrition. So for a long time, like, these innards, like, that was all peasant food. That was cast off. So meanwhile, like, the peasants are getting the most nutritious food, and the royalty is actually getting, I mean, they're getting, like, the most delicious food, but it's not nearly as nutritious as the things that, like, quote, peasants were eating. Mm. That's yeah. Interesting, actually. Yeah, I think that's incredibly interesting, and I think that that, um, like, I've been trying to get uh, like my mom and my dad, like these boomers, to eat more like liver, and they're yeah, like, yeah. "Oh my god, no!" Because like yeah. both of them have been through; they grew up through like poor times where all they were eating was liver, you know, and they're just like, "No way, I'll never eat that again." Like I don't like because I can afford real meat, and I'm like, "No, it's so nutritious." They're like, yeah. "All right." <laughs> I think we're learning now, like, the value of organ meats, and we yeah. might see a wave of companies come out with, you know, very, you know, high-quality meats sent to your home in a box, something like that, specifically for organ meats, something like that. But um, it's really interesting to see how we'll develop in time, right? We're, we're looking back in the past now, talking about how they, they came to where we are now, but looking forward is pretty exciting as well. Yeah. Definitely. And like, cause people are still really ignorant. Like I recently just went to my butcher and I was like, do you have bones? Like, do you have, I like literally, they're like, oh, we have ribs. I was like, yeah. Cause they had like, they'd taken, like they had like a, like a pork shoulder, but they had taken it off the bone. And I was like, do you have bones? And he's like, well, I mean, we'll get in the t- shipment on Tuesday. He's like, just come by Wednesday or Thursday. Like, uh, he's like, I'll just, we throw them away. So I'll just, and I was like, Dude, like he's gonna give me like 20 free bones yeah, he's looking you up yeah do you know how much soup i can make with that like, I'm, like super excited like i was like we're gonna have loop like literally grilled bone marrow my yeah. boyfriend wasn't super excited about it but i was like super pumped i was like free bones like that's amazing i'll take it i, I think you need like a, a cauldron you know with a big spoon you know <laughs> God, i like had to use my mom's cauldron like no just not not quite a cauldron but it was like this huge like it must be like a three gallon pot or something like that it was like i legit like needed a cauldron to cook yeah i mean talk about bulk cooking (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah definitely amazing wow okay so um this is all very interesting you mentioned at one point fermentation can you touch upon that and what kind of things you do and suggest for listeners oh yeah okay i have to preface this um, people with histamine issues, like people who have signs of inflammation without ha- actually having an inflammatory diet have to be careful of fermented foods. Fermented foods are like all the rage right now, but just to like, if you have, just for anybody who's listening, if you have histamine effusion, if you have a lot of allergies, if you seem to react to things, you need to get checked for like histamine markers. Cause it'll, it'll like kind of 
wrap itself up in thyroid issues and stuff like that. But yeah, histamine, people with histamine issues have also issues with fermented food. Okay. That's okay. just a disclaimer. Um, that being said, uh, fermented foods are extremely good for you. So we've, um, fermented foods are the way that, uh, A, we pulled a lot of like great nutrition back in the day from foods that fresh fruits and vegetables that had already turned. So, um, like you think about it, like they didn't have refrigerators for, I don't know, thousands of years. <laughs> and then, uh, then we had refrigerators, but even then like foods still go bad in refrigerators, right? So one of the ways that you can save like carrots and spinach, like even leafy greens, like you can ferment this stuff. Like kimchi is um, a very popular Korean just dish. It's a, a fermented and spiced vegetables. Um, yeah, you put it in there. It basically, uh, bacteria just starts eating the glucose and the cellulose and it kind of breaks it down into a much softer form. And there's a bunch of probiotics, a lot of really, really wonderful nutrition. Um, uh, and this is of course advantageous to like the gut brain connection, right. With our health. Um, so I'm a big, I'm a big lover of fermented food. I actually, um, not that long ago, I was having a pretty broke Christmas. So I was like, I'm just going to make everybody a Brussels sprout kraut. Like I made sauerkraut out of Brussels sprouts. Yeah. And, um, I thought it was just like, <laughs> like, it was so amazing, you know? like, yeah. like it was just kind of like a cheap cop out. Turns out it was literally like the most popular Christmas gift I'd ever given. Everybody's like, do you need more of that kraut? And wow. like, people, yeah. And it was like just drinking the brine. Like one of my girlfriends, she's like, uh, we just had little like snifters of like the sauerkraut brine because it's like, it was so pungent. It was so delicious. Um, and it's super easy to make. It was like, dude, I just chopped Brussels sprouts uh, I invited my little five-year-old nephew into like massage it and like, <laughs> I was such a hippie. I was like, speak good vibes into the, <laughs> speak good it vibes. Works. It the works. Yeah. You know, because he's just, otherwise he's just standing there squeezing yeah. Brussels sprouts. Right. And then we right. put it in there and it's just water and salt. And then I just, you put it under, I put it underneath the kitchen sink in a, glass jar for three weeks and then I pulled it out and it was just like it was gorgeous there was just like so much like there was so much fermentation it was nice and soft it was really like strong sauerkraut because a lot of times when you buy stuff like stuff like sauerkraut especially in the states um it's really watered down it's not nearly as like pungent because like that's uh, not a taste ferment fermented food is not a taste that Americans really palate quite easily but if you look at any like uh indigenous or native uh food and and by indigenous i don't mean like indigenous peoples of the americas but like indigenous cultures like uh like cultures that are indigenous to their re region so if you look at any like cuisine from norway also cuisine from india cuisine from china cuisine from brazil it always has a couple of fermented dishes that are very traditional there because that was a way that you kept food like food that was turning food that was going bad you just fermented it you preserved it in salt fermented it and then it was like all of a sudden there's a whole bunch more probiotics nutrition that are released inside the food and you could eat it again mm -hmm. so this is like yeah this is something i'm like big on <laughs> i'm gonna check yeah. it out so if i want to make my yeah. own sauerkraut i just take a bunch of cabbage put it in a mason jar with water and salt and just leave it yeah exactly and a fair amount of salt too you can also use and then you just leave it for three or four weeks. You kind of have to check on it. You can do it a lot faster if you just put um, like raw apple cider vinegar. Um, 
I'm a big proponent of apple cider vinegar too. So the it's got to have like the stuff at the bottom. That's all the probiotic. If you look at the bottom of the, you turn it over and there's like gook at the bottom of it, you know, it's good. Okay. It's apple cider vinegar. So you just like shake up the bottle and then put like a splash or two in there and then that'll have a starter. So it'll actually work a lot faster than just the salt and the water to brine it. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you, I guess you just eyeball it when you know it's done or... Um, yeah, you kind of taste it. So sometimes I've made it and it didn't seem like the three weeks was enough. Like it was still kind of fresh and it wasn't very salty. There wasn't much like brine and probiotics uh, stuff <laughs> at the bottom of it. Um, so I just put a little bit more salt in, left it in another week and then waited. Yeah. And then I just saved some of the brine for my next batch of sauerkraut. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. that's super practical. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. do that tonight. Yeah. And you know, like the wonderful thing, if you start cooking with bones, you start fermenting stuff, you start like making even your own yogurt. There's this guy on Twitter, Susie, he like makes his own yogurt. And I like, I'd never done that before, but he's like, dude, I just like milk cultures, put a, a like a plastic wrap over it. And then I just wait a day and boom, I have milk, I have yogurt. And like, the thing is the best part about like eating traditionally eating these foods is like, you can stretch a dollar into two fifty. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, like if you can make four different meals with like one chicken, if you can figure out how to like not waste your fruits and vegetables and make like fermented like treats and dishes and stuff with it, like you can save yourself so much money and you can feed like, like you can feed a family on a budget. And like, since I work with so many women and I work with so many new mothers, this is super important to them. It's like, how do I get really, really great nutrition to my kids? But also like, how do I save money doing it? Because like, a lot of women are like they're breaking the bank going to the farmer's market. And then they're like, I had to throw out like $35 worth of kale. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, oh, I could have just fermented it. You know, like, oh, yeah, That's it's crazy. super important. Yeah. It's, it's interesting how cooking and just nutritional information combined is, is a superpower today. I mean, it saves you in, oh. in so many different ways. It helps you, ex, you know, expand your opportunities in life. It's amazing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And like cooking, like food is love. Like whoever took care of you, how you take care of yourself, like that's like food is love. Like whoever took care of you fed you. Like if you take care of yourself, you feed yourself. And so it's like, it's super important. Like how, how you eat, how you cook. It's like how you love yourself. I like truly believe that. So yeah, it's totally important. It is a superpower, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Ingrid, this has been a lot of fun. And I just think we should close the interview with a brief introduction for all the listeners out there. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so my name is Ingrid Pauline. I'm a certified strength conditioning coach. My passion is coaching other people's other people to do to be better in weightlifting in the gym and fitness and the kitchen and just ultimately lead a better life. Awesome. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you for having me.